Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Candy. Uh, Simon just uh, got Porsche Rolls Royce. You saw it. Candy. Huh? Candy. Why are you talking about? Oh, girl, you're so silly. Now, you that motherfucking man. Girl. Girl, well, that's the, well, okay, well, don't say nothing, bitch. Do you okay. don't say nothing. You're so petty, girl. I'm up, bitch, petty. You bitch, shut petty. the f up. You are like, I ain't been talking to you. Don't talk to me. I can talk to you. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Go on with your bullshit. Grow up. Now you're not talking to anything she's saying. I'm done. Anything. I'm done. She didn't want the attention. I'm sorry for her. Keep you sorry. sorry. Keep you sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. In the interest of honesty, I'm going to tell you guys something right quick. The vibes have been way off for me, all right? I, It's imperceptible, I'm not sure, but I have been in a mood, okay? So I recorded probably 25 minutes of an episode, this episode, what should have been, and after I was finished recording, I was like, hmm, didn't feel it, didn't like it, didn't want to put that out into the world. It wasn't like particularly negative, just the vibes were off. So we're starting fresh. We're starting over. That's the beauty of, you know, life and having your own podcast is that you can do whatever the hell you want. You can record seven different versions of a podcast if you want. So we're back. We're back and hoping that this one sticks. <laughs> but I'm feeling good and I hope you guys are too. Um, with that being said, a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to be talking about Real Housewives of Atlanta today. I, I'm i in a kind of time where the shows that I want to recap are in flux. So like waiting on Sister Wives in another few weeks and um, you know other shows that I want to actually talk about. I know you guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> So many of you guys every week ask me if I'm going to be talking about Married at First Sight. Officially, no, not happening. I have not watched it. And at this point for me to catch up, that would be like a full 24 hours. So I can't do it. And I don't want to. And honestly, like I'm way happier. And like I shouldn't be this happy to not watch a show, you know, like I think I should listen to my body (laughs) on that one. But I'm glad that you guys are having fun. I hear that there's a man who cries a lot. That's all I know. Um, But I like the programming is going to be sort of like, you know, willy nilly for a couple weeks until we can uh, have a a tighter schedule. But with that being said, I wanted to talk about Atlanta since I was going to be recording today anyway. And uh, I really like this episode. You guys know how much of a candy stan I am. And just to see her be activated was just like, ugh. 
I deserved it. I don't know about you guys, but I, I for sure did. So we're going to be talking about that. But um, yeah, before we officially get into it, I had the incredible honor to be on Raven. If you guys know her on Instagram at, at mainly Raven, formerly known as mainly Bravo. Um, she has a podcast called Bitches Better. And we talked all things housewives. It came out on Friday. We talked about Married to Medicine, uh, Atlanta, Beverly Hills. And yeah, I think maybe she gave me the bug for wanting to talk about Atlanta. So uh, check that out. It was a really fun conversation. I probably have a couple of hot takes, but I always do. So there you go. Check it out. It was really, really fun. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. I'm about to say something that shocked the pants right off of me. And in the interest of full disclosure, I'm not actually wearing pants right now. But if I were, they'd be flung across the bedroom right now. So um, my Can I Get a Hell Yeah is going to Ryan Reynolds. Wow. Can't believe I said that either. Um, The reason for this is that he's finally being transparent. Let me just walk you through a couple of the typical headlines that you can get um, specifically with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively and their relationship. By the way, it appears in my research that they're um, celebrating their 10th anniversary this year. So, you know, the 10th anniversary of those plantation pictures we all want to remember that but usually their headlines about their relationship for years now they've been irking the fuck out of me because um i really have to like do something else um because they're just so cheesy and they're so clearly um manufactured pr fluff pieces like designed to make them into this like power couple which i think works for a lot of people but it does the absolute opposite effect for me. So a couple of their headlines, they just like, it's like, like spiders crawling up my neck. I just, I I really can't stand it. What's one of them? Um, There's a lot of like things that are talking about um, them trolling each other. And um, here's one. Blake Lively hilariously trolled Ryan Reynolds and it looks like he'll be sleeping on the couch. Don't hell her. I said that. Okay. Um, then there's another one, another one about how she hilariously makes him sleep on the couch. Very funny stuff. Um, there's a, a article about how she wore a pantsuit and Ryan matched her. Okay. I don't know. Anybody's supposed to do that. Um, Ryan Reynolds posts poof that Blake Lively is an excellent Instagram wife. Like what the fuck does that even mean? You you get what I'm saying? Like, what? Then there was actually one that I found, like, really annoying that he said. Uh, there were actually two. <laughs> More annoying than the other ones. Um, <clears throat> one was about how they parent their two daughters. And the pull quote was like, I let Blake do it. <laughs> cool. Um, and then the other one was like also very stupid, but you know, at this point I'm, I'm starting to get a cluster headache. Oh, the other one was a really offensive one about how they, uh, trade off parenting duties so that, uh, the other one can get free personal time to themselves. Like what? Uh Oh, are we just acting like you guys didn't hire people? Okay. All right. But anyway, this headline that I'm actually happy about is about how Ryan spent apparently almost $3 million on a uh, low tier football team. Apparently he and um, Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia had a conversation in which they decided to buy this Welsh soccer team. He didn't tell Blake and apparently Blake was really pissed off. So he said to Blake, I have bad news and I have really bad news. Uh, the bad news is I slipped into someone's DMS again. And the really bad news is that I might have bought half of a fifth tier national football league in Wales. Um, he says that Blake did not take it well and that they're still working through it. So Here's what I like. I want to hear from them. Like, I want to hear about you doing some real dumb shit and her being pissed off because that's the truth. You know, that's the real stuff. I don't want to hear about how, like, um, on Mother's Day, uh, you got her a, a cookie cake and um, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. It, every headline of theirs is just like a word scramble and it bothers me. Okay. And this is my platform to talk about it. And I don't care if anybody disagrees. I don't like them. They're just like those couples that I really don't like. I was actually having a conversation with a friend who's not really online or uh, particularly tapped into pop or celebrity culture. And I was telling him, like, I'm not like I have this podcast and I do have it would be dumb of me and incorrect of me to not say that I don't have a passion for it. But I also don't take celebrities that seriously like I think most of them are very stupid but I also hop off of this microphone or hop off the internet and I'm not like tossing and turning really over most people like maybe like Tristan Thompson used to keep me up at night but at this point I'm sleeping like a baby you know because I I let go even though they're constantly annoying me and I will be talking about them in about 10 minutes I've let go (laughs) so remember that (laughs) Um, but yeah, these two really actually bother me and I just find them very annoying. The other one being my number one enemy. Mm. Tied. uh, It's a tie for number one, John Mayer and and Michael Rappaport. Those are the two that real, just like the, the evil twins at the end of the hallway and the shining. Those are the, those two for me. Ugh, hate them. And the other thing that's like really annoying, it's really more Ryan that I find aggravating and Blake is mostly collateral damage Um, because that bitch can dress, you know, like I have to sit there every Met Gala and like front and act like I didn't like her look when that bitch really can dress the fuck. And I think she doesn't have a stylist like she dresses down and I have to sit there and be a hater because I don't like her. And that's Ryan's fault. He shouldn't have to make me do that. Okay. Anyway. Um, so thank you guys for telling the truth for once. And I'm sure we'll be going back to these fluff pieces in about three minutes. Um, with that being said, I, have you guys heard about the real girlfriends in Paris? (laughs) It's coming out on Bravo. I don't really have much to say about it. Although yeah, I don't really have much to say about it. (laughs) My only thought was that the trailer just came out last week and I think it's premiering in like two weeks, which Tells me all I need to know about how much faith Bravo has in the show. You know what I mean? Like, how did we just find out about this? How did the trailer just drop three weeks before a series premiere? That doesn't make sense. Why aren't they, like, promoting the shit out of this? It doesn't look great. And could we workshop the title? (laughs) Maybe it would be better. Real Girlfriends in Paris? That's very lazy. It's worse than Winter House... Southern chart. Remember they were trying to call winter house something really stupid. It's, it's worse than that. I'm going to watch it though. Anyway. Um, so, uh, moving on. Okay. I want you guys to like maybe hop on this train with me. I've been talking a little bit. I just did a Patreon episode about Victoria and David Beckham. And I had kind of been talking about this potentially contentious, contentious relationship that's going on between, excuse me, Victoria and Nicola. Nicola is married to Brooklyn, uh, their 23-year-old son. And uh, she is a trust fund kid down, okay? Her dad is like, you know, a friend of Mar-a-Lago, if you want to put it that way. Um, I think he has ownership in Madison Square Garden. They live out in like Florida. They've got like money, right? Like wealth, Right. Apparently their their net worth is three times that of the Beckhams. So to put that into perspective. So there have been, like I said, rumblings that there have been like a feud between them. And now I think I've actually found something that seems true to me. But maybe I'm like tinfoil hatting this a little bit too much. I think it's true. Here's why. So sources say that. The beginnings of their issues were because uh, Victoria, who has a fashion line, like, you know, a high-end line, was really wanting to dress Nicola. She wanted to do the wedding gown. Um, Nicola didn't want her to. And then things kind of went downhill from there. You can see on their Instagrams that Nicola did a whole, like, nine-picture carousel to commemorate their wedding. And the caption is something about, like how much she loves her family, but there's not one picture of the Beckhams. (laughs) Not at all. Um, And there were just like a couple of other things, but uh, Nicola and Brooklyn did an interview and they addressed it. 
And here's what Nicola said. I was going to wear Victoria's design and I really wanted to. And then a few months down the line, she realized that her atelier couldn't do it. So then I had to pick another dress. She didn't say you can't wear it. I didn't say I didn't want to wear it. That's where it started. And then they, meaning the press, like ran with the story. Here's my thing. How is it possible that she owns a fashion line and she couldn't get your wedding dress together? That doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like something happened. You don't just months into it be like, oops, I can't do your wedding dress. Like she could have stopped anything at all to do it. It's not like Victoria Beckham's line is like a super mass produced line. They probably are doing, you know, capsule collection size stuff. I would imagine like high-end boutiques, not just not like her stuff's not in TJ Maxx. I don't think maybe it is. I don't know. But, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like that doesn't, the math ain't math and that she just like all of a sudden couldn't do this gown and it wasn't like this, it wasn't that. But then when you say like, she didn't say you can't wear it and I didn't say I didn't want to. Mm. I don't know. It just sounds like a fib to me. It just sounds like a fib. And I do think there's more to the story. Um, And there have been rumors that Victoria and David are not talking to Brooklyn, who, by the way, just debuted a new tattoo. Oh, keep in mind, again, this boy is 23. Um, Well, I don't know what you call the space on your body. It's like, you know, let's say the outside of your pinky between the wrist and the pinky. It's a tattoo that says married. Like, my God. Give it nine months. He's really going to regret that tattoo. Poor thing. Poor thing. Um, It's also being reported that the reason why the families are not getting along is because of how they envision branding Brooklyn and Nicola. David and Victoria want them to actually use the skills that they have, whatever those might be. And apparently Nicola and her mom have become some sort of demonic duo together. And they're like, oh, now that we have this Beckham name, we're just going to go out there and whatever you want, like, like, uh, uh, Veruca Salt, whatever you want, daddy's just going to pay for it. So you just tell me what you want to do out there in Hollywood and he's going to get the cash. He'll get the check. Okay. Um, apparently David and Victoria don't like that. And they're like, we know actually want you to go down the right track and do things smartly. And they're just like, no, let's just do whatever. And we'll just pay for it. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to this. I think it's just going to get from worse to worse. So I'm trying to get in on the ground floor of this. So I hope you guys are with me, at least seven of you. This is what the people really wanted from Meghan Markle. This is get, get this, Take it out on Nicola because really that's, that's, Ooh, I'm onto something here because everybody thinks that Megan just like wiggled her way into her, that family. But here's, here's Nicola because Nicola had the money, but she didn't have the name. Okay. Now she's got the name and now she's trying to run shit. And, uh, the matriarch posh isn't trying to, um, just going to put her little foot down. And I like that. I like that. <laughs> so thank you. Um, Oh, gosh, you guys, the girl of the week, I think, is definitely going to be going to Austin and Craig for besmirching the name and the good reputation of the New York City restaurant industry. Okay, it was announced that they're partnering with some actually pretty uh, well-known people. Um on a restaurant in the West village that apparently is going to be like comfort kids, classic food paired high end. And this just sounds like something that Austin came up with when he was drunk. Um, apparently it's going to, uh, offer a relaxed yet vibrant fine dining ambiance with an exciting menu to keep diners on their toes. So the food will include reimagined childhood classics and dishes from a bygone area era, such as peanut butter and jelly ever heard of it duck tv dinner and tuna casserole in quotes i'm not sure why that's concerning flipped on their heads and elevated with high quality ingredients and french technique so think foie gras chicken liver and berry roasted duck duct plate plated in compartments like tv dinner style so fancy food and on trays okay like you're at kathy hilton's house and tuna sashimi daikon and wonton so apparently they're going to be three separate rooms it's a place on west 10th street if you're interested 
I'm so pissed off. I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to report back. Right. Thank God for a business card. You know, <laughs> thank God for expensing. <laughs> Cause I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to talk about it. Apparently it's going to be opening at some point in mid October. I actually did some digging because I'm pretty interested in, I don't know, food and like the New York uh, food scene. Um, it sounds like something that was supposed to be happening already. Like this restaurant was supposed to be open, but uh, back in the spring, I don't know what happened, but the initial concept had already been announced like back in November. This seems like it was clearly before Austin and Craig got into it because they're talking about a whole different vibe for this restaurant um, that's just about American fine dining inspired by French techniques. Do you guys care about this? I do. <laughs> I'm scared. The point is I'm scared and I want them out of our city. If anybody has um, contacts with Governor Hochul or, um, you know, I don't, can't really trust Eric Adams with a damn thing, but if you know like a comptroller or something, anybody um, who can do something about this, a food um, person? <laughs> inspector. A food inspector? Can we get the shutdown? Um, I just... Ugh. I don't want them wiggling their way up here, okay? I know Craig's gonna do it because of Paige, but not Austin. Not Austin. And not my... The West Village is such a beautiful neighborhood, and I just don't want his Muppet mouth and his sweaty little hands all over it. Okay. Is that so much to ask? Can I have something? Can I have one thing? Ugh. All right. I'm um, making good on my promise and talking about Chloe and Tristan. Um, I'm just confused. I'm confused. So Chloe, you know, the baby was born. They, they had a son. Um, I'm reading this article that says something interesting to me, which is that Chloe and Tristan have agreed that Chloe is going to have sole legal and physical custody of their baby full time. And then even though Chloe will have full custody of the baby, she's more than happy for Tristan to be present in their child's life as much as he wants. The article goes on to say the typical things, which is that Tristan's still trying to worm his way back into Chloe's heart or what's left of it. <laughs> um, and that, He's basically playing doting daddy to True and over at the house all the time and being really sweet and love bombing her and talking about what great mom she is and, um, you know, all sorts of things and talking about the baby and um, trying to convince her to go back into a relationship with him, which to which I say puke, you know, um, but here's my thing. And Ray Sani brought this up, actually. Shout out to Ray Sani. You're, what I'm hearing is that you've got two children, two of your children under one roof. They're living with mommy. One you have custody of, but the other one you don't. How does, a, how does her son feel about that? How, how would he feel about that? How was he going to feel about that in the future? Pretty fucked up, right? Because to me, like knowing what we know about Tristan, this seems like something that he was just willing to do to get back into Chloe's clutches. And much like most of the things he does, I think that's pretty fucked up because at the end of the day, this doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence in the child. I don't know. Like if I were the son, I'd be like, you were willing to give up custody of me, but not my sister who I live with. And... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, like you're treating the son like a stepkid that like lives with your bio kid. And so you're like being nice to him because you just want to be nice you, to make him not feel left out, but he's still not really your kid. Like, I don't know. Isn't that weird? That seems weird. Maybe there's some like legal aspect, but like it's Tristan. If it were anybody else, I, I would give this a lot more grace. But like this just really seems like a weird thing that Tristan's doing. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I was going to talk about Ariana Bierman, Zosiak Bierman getting arrested for a DUI, but I don't feel like it. Like, what am I going to say? I don't really understand this story either. She, her lawyer saying that there's no possible way that she was drunk and that the cop just made it up. Um, but how do you get 
charged with a DUI, erratic lane change, and then underage alcohol possession and purchase of alcohol. Like, wouldn't you have to have alcohol on you in the car at least? That like she's just saying that she was like upset, and then the cop chose to believe that she was drunk, and so he charged her with that. But I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. Nothing Kim says makes sense to me. You know, like I'm in the unfortunate position of do I believe a a Southern police officer or do I believe (laughs) uh, Kim Zolciak or any of her children? Tough answer. I don't know the answer, to be honest. Um, And, you know, and like we saw Kim season one in a drop top with a Marlboro lit in one hand and a red solo cup of cupcake Pinot Grigio in the other. And, you know. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Are we shocked? I'm making a face here. I'm realizing now that you can't see it. Like, it's my face of like, you know, you know. Anyway. Um, Okay. So I think I might be verging into hot take territory here. But I also feel like based on what I've seen on Twitter, um, I think most of you guys are going to be on my side. So Patrick Carney, um, the lead thumb of Black Keys and Michelle Branch broke up you guys this has really been a mess so it started off with a tweet at like what time in the morning 1 30 in the morning michelle branch tweeted and deleted just found out my husband cheated on me with his manager Haley mcdonald from full stop management while i was home with our six-month-old daughter shrug emoji like i said she deleted it um And then it was announced that they were separating and Michelle had said she was like hella devastated and all of that, as we can imagine. And then things escalated even further when we find out that Michelle Branch, everywhere to me, walk a thousand miles, Michelle Branch, got arrested for domestic abuse. Um, apparently she slapped Patrick one or two times in the face and he called the cops on her. She was arrested and booked, but she ended up getting released because she's breastfeeding said six month old baby. And I guess they let her go. So, you know, you people, and by you people, I don't mean 
you people listening. I mean, the people who are still continuously to this day, when any situation of a woman being at all um, bad to a man, if she gives him a stink face or sticks her tongue out at him, here these people go talking about that trial that happened between the pirate and the blonde woman. You know what I mean? And they're all like, oh, the whataboutism just like flies, flies, flies. What if this was him? What if, you know, justice for Johnny. I can't. I cannot with those people. Like at this point, truly go outside. Like literally, please go outside and look at the sky, not directly in the sun, in the sky and just realize that there's a whole other universe and this cult of, I can't, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. not here. (laughs) So, um, I was trying to be fair to the situation because at the end of the day, um, we should really try hard not to put our hands on people. Okay. Um, but there were mostly people who were like, hashtag I ride with Michelle. I stand with Michelle. We, We see you girl solidarity sister but there were some people who were like okay well what if the shoe was on the other foot and my thought is this in this situation the shoe can't be on the other foot because patrick cannot be pregnant right like he's just not going to know what it's like to have those hormones coursing through you to give your body up to another human life and then have it suck the nutrients out of you, what it could possibly do for your um, mental image, your um, self-worth, your sense of security. Um, And then she finds out that you have been fucking your manager who is probably... One of the people who knows the the all situation more than anybody. Y'all have been doing that shit behind her back. And she's in the throes of this incredible hormonal imbalance that's going on in her body. Like, I just have grace for her. And that probably is problematic because we should be living in the world of, like, nobody puts their hands on each other. But also... (laughs) I mean, I think she was probably fucking pissed, you know, and that's that. That's that. I mean, I feel for her and I feel for her child and we'll just leave that at that. Did you guys know that it's, I mean, kind of like Moneta Shaw though, like if we were going to play devil's advocate here, it kind of seems like their relationship started with infidelity possibly on both of their parts. And so maybe we shouldn't be super surprised if, you know, same shit happens to you. I don't know. That's that, you know, if we're going to play devil's advocate, then we'll just play that. But that could just be a rumor. That's what I heard. That's what the street said. Talk to mama Joyce about it. You didn't hear it from me. Okay. With that, you guys, let's move on to my recap of Real Housewives of Atlanta. I, you know, I don't have too much to talk about, but I wanted to talk about some things. I think we have to put respect on the fact that last week's episode ending with Todd exposing the fact that Marlo basically paid her way to be on the show um, was one of the best fourth wall breaks in Housewives history. Um, I'm just not seeing the clamor for that. And I think we really should um, respect it more. Give it its flowers. Okay. That was incredible. Because Todd is really like the only person from production who's now made his way as a side character on the show who really knew the ins and outs of what went on back then and knew um, how Marlo got on the show and how she operated. And for him to just spill that, incredible. I thought that was incredible. I also found Marlo's attempts to deflect and to throw things back, throw barbs back at Candy and Todd were an epic flop, 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 flop failure. So, you know, it's hard to see my two sisters fighting. I don't want to see that. I love Candy. I love Marlo. Um, I see Candy. We see each other. 
You guys know that. Marlo, I just think, is excellent television. And that's just is what it is. But I also think she is going down real bad. And I don't want to see it. And I don't want to see them fighting. Like, I hate that they are, even to this day, <laughs> like, Candy's done. Candy's done with Marlo. There was a clip that was posted. Oh, my God. A couple months ago, Candy was doing an on car a red carpet interview. Or, you know, it was Atlanta, so take that for what it's worth. But she was doing a, an interview on a carpet in Atlanta and, um, they interviewer was like, Hey, um, I just want to tell you something that Marlo just said. So like Candy truly had no preparation for this, but the person basically says that Marlo was talking about how Candy was not a giver. Like she doesn't have a volunteer spirit or something like that. Um, and Candy, went the fuck off on her. I'm going to try and find that clip. If I find it, I'll post it on my Instagram stories. If not, my bad. Um, but Candy went off on her just clean, 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 clean. Like I have done more volunteer work than any of the housewives of Atlanta combined. How dare she come for me? What the hell does she do for the community? I have a, a charity. I have this. I have that. I have this. I have that. I have done this two, three, four, seven things for Marlo myself on top of the things that I do for all of Atlanta on top of the things that I do for my family on top of the things that I do for other people's families so like what the fuck is she talking about (laughs) it's a great clip I'm really not giving it justice um but I I just really hate to see that they're they're like it hurts my heart it really does and back to the show we're in Jamaica for Sonia's iFit uh, journey through my Olympic, uh, journey, <laughs> journey. Um, and, uh, yeah, Candy's done. This is like the moment that Candy is officially done with Marlo. She and Todd are getting ready for the morning and she's like, you know, I was really trying to keep cool, but this bitch, <laughs> Candy was cracking me up all episode. Um, I, you know, I thought Todd was actually being fair by being like, you know, Marlo's a really insecure person, you know, that's not, what else can we say about that? Also, I wanted to tell you guys something. So Marlo, one of Marlo's barbs that she's throwing at the dinner table was that, uh, Todd back in the day before they got together was going around calling Candy a country bumpkin. Like that's the only ammo that she could give towards this relationship. And I was watching Season two, over the weekend, the episode where um, Kim and Candy have just, Candy's just written the remix to Tardy for the Party. Because you remember it was like initially this whack ass country song. So the Candy redid it. And then once Candy redid it, Kim was like, oh, um, I think this is actually going to be a good song. And I don't think Nini's should be on it because Nini was originally supposed to be on it. Um, so then they all meet at some quarter, uh, some event. The point being Nini and Candy get into it because Candy found out or Nini found out that she got ousted from the song. Um, in one of the confessionals, Nini calls Candy a country bumpkin And I'm thinking, you know, Marlo and Nini were thick as thieves at one point. I'm thinking that Marlo is just taking what Nini said and putting it on uh, Todd. Because then I was thinking, uh, Nini used to call Candy country all the time. So I think Marlo's gotten her wires crossed. So she's just like taking what she remembers and, and is throwing this on the situation. So I call bullshit. And also, like, okay, he called her country. Like, what, is she supposed to divorce him? (laughs) Okay. So it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and Sonia has made her first, really first major fatal flaw on Housewives, which is expecting any of the Real Housewives of Atlanta to show up all at the same time early in the morning for what is about to be a two-hour ride. Like, girl, the egg is really on your face for that one. You should not have expected that. Um, so they're supposed to be driving to Kingston and going to see, cause she grew up there and her, the track that she ran on and I don't know, whatever else, the ice cream shop and it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, Marlo showing up, 
30 minutes is going by. We're waiting for everybody. We're finding out that apparently at the track, Drew and Marlo are going to be uh, racing each other in a USA versus Jamaica race. I'm not, I'm assuming that Marlo was supposed to be Jamaican. I'm not sure. Um, I died at Drew trying to get off on the technicality of being both a track star and an Olympian because in 2001, she was on the track team of her high school and their mascot was the Olympian. And that's really Drew in a nutshell, you know? Marlo tries to get out of the race by claiming that she has um, bubble guts at one point, um, improper footwear, um, etc. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So um, when Marlo gets on the bus, she and Drew have a heart-to-heart because this whole argument between Candy and Marlo started because Ralph announced to the table that he was officially not giving uh, or going to be adopting Drew's son. Like I said on Bitches Better, I'm not really sure why Marlo took it so personally. Like, I know why she took it personally because of her background, right? And she's triggered. But if she thought for just a second, what Ralph was saying was that he reached out to and had a conversation with uh the biological father, the biological father didn't feel comfortable giving up or, you know, letting Drew adopt the kid. So he didn't, but we're forgetting like the legal aspect of in order for Ralph to be able to adopt a son, the biological father would have to give up his rights. So if the biological father is not going to give up his rights, there's quite literally not anything Ralph can do. So to get mad at him, it's pointless, right? But so apparently we see a flashback of Drew and Marlo having a conversation where Drew explains the situation more. And so Marlo tells Ralph like, hey, when I heard you say that you weren't going to be adopting him, that's all I heard. And then I put my personal stuff on it and that wasn't fair to you. So, you know, like I said, I actually thought that was really mature of her. So then we cut to Candy in an interview and the producers are asking if she feels like Marlo should apologize to her. And she's like, I don't care who she apologizes to. I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to hear what she's got to say. I don't want her talking to me. I don't want her talking around me. And I would frankly love it if we didn't even have to ride together right now. <laughs> Candy's donezo. Love it. Everybody's been sitting on the bus just waiting for Kenya and Candy's like, uh, I kind of feel like Kenya's not going to be making the bus because she was apparently feeling some type of way about the fact that she didn't have dinner the night before. And so she needed to eat breakfast and something, who knows, who knows? I'm finding this very annoying. I'm trying to rock with Kenya. You guys, I am trying to see her and I see this shit that is actually would really piss me off and like irk me. And it's this, like it, you know, you're not coming. Just give the courtesy of being like, Hey, sorry, I'm not going to make it. Why am I sitting outside waiting for you when you know that you're not coming? So when Sonia's calling her and is like, Hey, I think we're going to leave in about five minutes. And Kenya's like, Oh yeah, I'll try my best to make it. And then she's outside on the damn balcony being like, Oh my God, look at all the pretty water out there on the ocean. Let me take some pictures (laughs) having her like eat, pray, love moment, bitch. Tell me that you're not coming. Why am I waiting for you? Ugh. And why am I having to chase you down? Because then Sonia, they're sitting there on the bus for another 20 minutes. And Sonia's like, okay, we really have to go now. And Kenya's like, oh, yeah, I understand. See ya. Okay, so why was I just waiting another 20 minutes when you knew you weren't coming? Right? (laughs) That's so rude. (laughs) So then they take off and they're touring around Kingston. And they're going to see where she used to live and her fake auntie and all that. And... They get to this ice cream shop and Kenya shows up two hours later and she's all like, hey, party, like nothing's going on. I'm all light and bright and loosey goosey and I'm joking and poking you in the ribs. I'm like, no, bitch, we ain't doing that. Ain't no haha over here. Okay. Not until you apologize. Can you guys tell this is a real pet peeve of mine? Like, really think about it. For somebody to be actively and knowingly wasting your time. That is so rude. 
So on the outside of this ice cream place, Sheree's trying to explain to Marlo how maybe she didn't have to be so aggressive the night before to make things go left so hard and Marlo keeps acting like she has no idea like no clue why Candy inserted herself into the conversation even though Marlo literally does that to everybody else's conversations all the time so meanwhile Candy's basically saying the same thing she's having a conversation with Manetta and is like I was just calling out the hypocrisy like Marlo is straight up going in on Ralph for quote unquote neglecting a child when you have given up your two cut or your two nephews like hypocrisy with the capital H right and Candy says that what really pissed her off is what Marlo was saying about Todd so anyway like I said Kenya's here she's having her rum raisin and twerking in the middle of the ice cream shop and Sonia's like me like no we're gonna have to have a sit down conversation because you've hung up on me now you're here two hours late at the dinner before yesterday you showed up with that uh, young it wasn't that young was he young looking british man and um i just would not do this to you on a trip that you had planned which totally fair kenya then goes into um, her tr- some situation with Brooklyn. Brooklyn had been not wanting to go to her dad's house or something. For whatever reason, this made her late this morning. <laughs> On top of the fact that she didn't have dinner the night before, even though they all were sitting down at dinner. And on top of the fact that she said that she needed breakfast, even though Sheree exposed her and said, we had breakfast this morning. <laughs> so. I don't know. I'm kind of with Sonia. And, you know, another annoying thing is when, you know, people put you in situations where if you are like, if you call it into question, then you then sound like the asshole because there's really no way for Sonia to be like, hey, every time um, I bring up a very legitimate fact of you disrespecting my time, you bring up Mark and... You know, it's like, cause then it's like, oh, well, what? My baby, you know, cause then she can't say anything, right? Like you're putting, you know, she's knowingly putting her in her position where there's nothing that she can say. She just has to sit there and be like, oh yeah, another thing with Mark. Okay. Okay. Well, I, you know, and then you just have to take it on the chin. Well, as they're finishing up with ice cream, a couple of the cast members are sitting in the van. So we're getting like GoPro footage of this conversation because the cameras weren't set up and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. An activated candy. Mm. Mm. Melts in my mouth. So Marlo's trying to make conversation with candy because she's looking through her Instagram. She's like, Oh, candy. Did you see that Simon got Portia a new car? Candy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Candy? Huh? Do you hear me? Candy. (laughs) So then Marlo calls Candy silly. And she's like, are you really that motherfucking mad? And at this point, she's like over it. Marlo calls Candy petty and Candy's like, I'm petty. Bitch, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Candy at that point leads over to Candy is like, you know, don't give her any attention. Don't give Marlo any attention. And Marlo's like, I'm sorry, Candy. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Over and over again. Candy's like, keep her sorry. Okay. <laughs> What's the thing from The Simpsons? You can keep your sorries in a sack, mister. Where is that from The Simpsons? I'm just kidding. It's George Costanza. I should have known. I've been doing a rewatch of Seinfeld. George is so funny, you guys. He's so funny. So the cast rides out to the track where Sonia ran her first race and she tells us more about her Olympic journey. Her specialty was the 400. She has the U.S. record for it. 
for running 48 seconds. Apparently the 400 is just one lap. Who would have thought? Not me. Um, then it's time for Drew and Marlo's race. And Drew's changing into her Team USA outfit. So Sonia asks if the rest of the people want to do a bet. So in a confessional, Kenya's like, I'm going to vote for Drew. I'm going to put my bet on Drew because I feel like Marlo's probably, you know, weighted down by all the lipo undergarments that she wears. And <laughs> then they get Candy in a confessional. <laughs> she goes, clearly I'm not betting on Marlo. It could be the whore race. And I'm still not betting on Marlo, even though I know she would win. <laughs> not a whore race, girl. <laughs> oh, God bless. But Marlo decides to do the race in a full-on Balenciaga sports bra and high-waisted white panty. What happens is the most full-on Atlanta thing I've ever seen in quite a while. So Marlo and Drew start their race. Marlo's titty pops out pretty much immediately. And when, when they're done with the race, it's clear that Marlo won by like a leg, right? But Drew claims that she was the one who won. And in the midst of her false celebration, she ends up rupturing her Achilles. I mean, <laughs> so as the minister of sport for the country of Jamaica is coming to introduce herself, we have Marlo in a matching bra and panty set running around and Ralph is acting like he's some sort of sports medicine doctor. And to Drew, he's like literally putting pressure on her heel and telling her that it's not ruptured. I mean, is that the most Ralph and Drew thing? Like, not only are you making it worse, you're telling her that there's no problem at all. Mm. The guys end up carrying Drew to a car so that she can go to the doctor and Marlo yells, it's okay, Drew, you're still a champ. You're a second place champ, but you're still a champ. <laughs> on the way back to the hotel, Sonia tells everybody that She's going to be taping for iFit, the company that brought her out here to be doing exercise tapes or whatever. Um, she's going to be doing that. They have to leave at 930 in the morning. She specifically tells Kenya and Sheree, hey, I know you guys were interested in meeting the people. So you guys have an open invitation to come with me. I'm leaving at 930. For the rest of you, I arranged a catamaran trip at 12. So be down at the lobby at 12, right? Very clear. Very clear communication. Of course, in the morning, we see Kenya out at 9.50 calling the concierge. And the concierge telling her that, oh, the bus left 20 minutes ago. Then we see Sheree also didn't show up. She's complaining. The only person who did actually show up was Marlo and her friend for whatever reason. And she's just like, um, I called the concierge and got my ride. I don't know why anybody else didn't. Oops. <laughs> So now Sheree and Kenya are mad at Sonia for leaving them and basically what they call uninviting him. So it's like 11 o'clock and Kenya and Sheree and uh, somebody else are down in the lobby, I think Moneta, and Kenya's talking about how she tried for hours to call Sonia. Sonia didn't pick up her phone. So now they're both feeling rejected, uninvited, right? Um, Sonia and Marlo are having lunch at the iFit place and... She tells Marlo, I lost my phone. So it seems like just a big miscommunication, right? So then Candy goes to run lines with Drew. It's clear to me that like Candy and Marlo had made, had were, were like, oh, I think the other one's going to be on the catamaran trip. So Marlo, I'm just going to go and hang out with Sonia <laughs> and make friends with her. And Candy's like, you know, I'm going to hang out with Drew and her broken Achilles heel with her leg kicked up on a pillow and run lines with her. What I also learned and or remembered rather from my season two rewatch is that Candy, they did something called the pocketbook monologues, which was like the black version of the vagina monologues back in the day. And she and Lisa Wu Hartwell <laughs> did a, they had like a, a couple roles in the pocketbook monologues. So Candy says in a confessional that she had actually gone to school to act and that she kind of fell into singing and she got a deal with escape and it just kind of took off from there, but she always wanted to be an actress. So Drew is explaining this like basic bitch acting method. And it's basically just tapping into your character. So I, I tap into my five senses. So I think 
What's my surroundings? What am I wearing? Who am I talking to? What's in my hands? It's like, yeah, you set the scene for yourself in your mind? Yeah. Isn't that what you do? (laughs) So it kind of looks like, if you don't have that knowledge, that it looks like Candy's just being rude, but Candy's also looking at her as like a drama kid. She's like, girl, I know this. (laughs) Duh. Um, So basically, once they're done, Drew tells Candy that she's just kind of concerned about Sonya and Marlo's friendship because she feels like Marlo's talk shit about Sonya and basically was talking about how she was trying to get with the winning team and only wanted to hang out with who she felt was the more popular uh, cast members of the show, basically. Um, And she just feels like they shouldn't have a friendship and that Marlo's probably not trying to be Sonya's friend. She's just trying to uh, sink her claws into her. Anyway, everybody goes, everybody who does go out on the catamaran has some fun. It's basically Kenya, Sheree, Moneta, um, Moneta's husband, and some woman who I don't remember from last week, but she seems like a lot of fun. (laughs) They're partying, they're drinking. Sheree's talking about how she is grinding day and night to get She by Sheree running and that she's going to be having a fashion presentation um, in three weeks. And so Kenya's like, oh, okay, like, is that a fashion show? She's like, well, I think it's going to be a fashion presentation. <laughs> so in a confessional, Sheree says that basically she wants to lower people's expectations. It's going to be a presentation to lower expectations. A real good rhyme. Very Al Sharpton of her. <laughs> so um, that's basically it. Oh, Kenya wants to be a model. She wants to rock the runway. And so she tries to audition for Sheree. And she says in a confessional, I was Miss USA. I have walked many runways in my past. Like, I should be able to do this. Has it been for designers? No, but I've rocked two runways for sure. <laughs> and then her she proceeds to do a pole dance and a lot of twerking for this uh, runway audition and Sheree I don't know if you guys noticed this but Sheree goes over to the DJ and has them cut the music <laughs> and it's like I no absolutely not you're not doing this on my runway <laughs> I love Sheree uh, I hope we never have to be without her again she screamed at them none of you hoes have made the cut because this is going to be a classy fashion show <laughs> iconic So then everybody goes to dinner. They all meeting up. You know, Sheree accuses Sonya of uninviting her. Sonya's like, girl, I'm not doing this with you. Okay. Y'all knew when to come. This was an open invitation. Why the hell would I uninvite you? It's not even that kind of party. Don't do this with me, girl. And Sheree's like, okay, well, I won't, but I can't guarantee that Kenya's not going to go in on your ass, which is exactly what happens. And, but before that, Ralph reads an excerpt from his book. His alleged book. And I just want to like talk about this, right? Because last week we met Ralph's ghostwriter, excuse me, publisher, right? Um, And we find out that Drew really had no idea about the book, had not read a page, not a line, not a couplet, nothing. He was not letting her in on anything and also needed Drew to write a forward. So basically what he was saying to Drew is that, hey, I'm going to be writing about my relationship with your son. Not going to tell you anything about it until the ink is dry. But will you write a recommendation for me so I can put the Real Housewife of Atlanta, Drew Sedora's uh, stamp of approval on this book so we can sell more? <laughs> You know, classic, classic Ralph. So uh, apparently Ralph now has an excerpt to read in front of everybody. And again, it seems like Drew has no idea. She wasn't privy to this excerpt. God bless. But he's perfectly fine. He wants to keep it from Drew, but he's perfectly fine reading it on camera in front of the rest of the cast. No problem. After that, Kenya decides to pick back up and pick back on Sonia for uninviting her to the iFit meeting. And Sonia's like trying to stick up for herself and like, listen, I lost my phone. 
I don't know what to tell you. It's not like I can be sitting on my phone and checking in on you when I'm working. And Kenya's like, yeah, you can. (laughs) So they're bickering back and forth. Everybody's getting into it. And finally, Ross, Sonia's husband, stands up and is like, "Um, ladies, y'all aren't about to be talking crazy to my wife, okay? Don't fuck with her. I don't rock like that. I think I'm attracted to Ross, okay? And that's just my truth. I liked it. And my other truth, and, and Princess wouldn't want me to say this on um, uh, on my microphone, but I'm going to say it publicly, is that I'm attracted to Cecil. That's right. Dr. Simone's husband from Married to Medicine. Okay? That's my truth. And we're going to end with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> Thank me for speaking. Have a good Monday, or whatever day you're listening to this. <laughs>